0: wonder what it feels like to sit where neil normally sits like is there just emanating power Uh, do you want to trade seats (laughs) no no not at all or maybe he's secretly gassy and it just goes straight into the cushion on the seat and as soon as you sat Mm. down it was just like a cloud of neil
1: (laughs) the glory cloud (laughs) the
0: the the shakai (laughs) neil he's gonna come back and listen to this and be like Guys, (laughs) Guys. <laughs> and I'm not cutting. I'm not yeah. cutting this part. This we is can't gonna be included. <laughs> oh, I'm using it. He's not around to say no. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> this is our one time every year. This is our, our one chance to get away with it all. <laughs> oh my goodness. So how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm oh, excited to be I'm here. Excited.
0: It's so crazy to I mean, you've graduated from like being a guest to now you're a co-host. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Tell us about that. Like, how does that feel? I don't know. That that title just hit me. I've never. It wasn't. I guess I hadn't. The nice sunk thing in yet. that comes
0: with it is the is the pay raise. <laughs> so, it's good. yeah. Yeah. If you look at your pay stub, there's a section that says podcast zero dollars. But if you get a fifty percent increase <laughs> on that,
1: my wife used to. Uh, she's a teacher, and she used to um, coach cheerleading, and those are like add on contracts to your base salary. Oh, okay. But it, it was like a year of work mm-hmm. and coaching and all the headaches that go with it and the pay. It was almost like she was getting paid nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you would not believe how little these you people get paid, are paid. You get paid in fun. You get paid in smiles. Oh yeah. My gosh. <laughs> you get paid in headaches. Oh,
0: I'm sure that's awful. So anyways, you were asking me a question
1: about the podcast. Oh, the podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the I'm loving it. Jingle. Oh, for the meet and greet section? For the meet and greet section. Yeah. What about it? I was wondering if you guys had ever explored... Well, I was going to say when we got to the meet and greet. Well, just hold on then. All right. We'll get there. I was going to
0: say, so last week was your 10-year anniversary, wasn't it? It was. Dude. Yeah. That's epic. Yeah, July 7th. It's a decade. Yeah, we got married here. And since you're 12... You've been married longer than you were alive. Otherwise, yeah, it was prearranged. Our yeah. parents had put it all together. It's cool. Uh, there's a big dowry involved. Was there? Yeah. Was it like two pigs and a and a horse or something like that? Uh, Thirteen cows. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is mm-hmm. that's
1: significant. Yeah, I made the
0: papers. That's cool. Are they like? Can you milk them and stuff? And you get? Well, there's six dairy and seven meat. Oh, so. okay, cool. Yeah. You're still eating the meat ten years mm-hmm. later, right? Mm-hmm. Just a oh, bunch yeah. of jerky. <laughs> that's what you do on your ten year anniversary. <laughs> You take it out of the freezer you take it out of the freezer yeah let's thaw out the burger <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious that's cool man so um uh, I was just thinking about you and thinking about how like you're just a different personality than Neil and I honestly was not sure what today would be like and I'm sure people listening are are really on the edge of their seat waiting to see what comes out of your face yes what words what great wisdom um this is your third time being on the podcast it is that's cool yes that's that's pretty great I feel like at this point you're kind of like an old pro you've been on more than anyone else other than like Neil so you're just kind of I don't know you're kind of a regular now yeah yeah
1: it feels more comfortable yeah like this is the room where I've shot a lot of my bible studies so oh that's true yeah how many bible studies you have you done like video wise uh, well, I've done two of them in here. Yeah. Uh, I think I've done four total. So but the most recent
0: one was Revelation. Yeah. Cloud Swing Low. Before that was John? Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. And then I did two up in the mezzanine. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. That oh was like goodness. our original studio.
0: Oh, like in that, s- not in the storage area, right? No. Uh, f-
1: yeah. Beyond the, like the whole soundboard and all that stuff. Oh, where that couch oh in, in the corner? In yeah. All the garbages? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Just keep that out of frame. (laughs) That's what we did.
0: Dude, it's such a mess. Ah, it worked. Oh man. Okay, so I did want to ask you, like you used to be a pharmacist? I used to be in pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. Yes. I was never a pharmacist. Okay, so you weren't doing you weren't a pharmacist, but you were in pharmaceuticals.
1: Yeah. So I went to my my college degree was in biology pre-med. Okay. Um and I I picked pre-med. Almost on a whim, not a whim, but it was not a lot of thought was put into it. Yeah. And then you get to college and you start pre-med and to do pre-med, you have to really want to be a doctor. Oh boy. Like the first thing they tell you is one in four people, only one in four people who start pre-med actually become a doctor. Oh, wow. so I was one of the three out of four that didn't... (laughs) I, yeah. to be I I to be honest, like the drive wasn't in me. And you have to have a drive right. to be a doctor to go through everything they go through. Oh, for sure. So anyway, I completed my four year pre-med degree. Yeah. But um med school wasn't wasn't in the cards for me.
0: Is it did you set out thinking that maybe it was, or was
1: it just kind of you were never thinking? Oh yeah. Those no, lines? I definitely set out thinking it was. Yeah. Um but I really probably the best way to put i hadn't counted the cost yeah it was kind of like a it's such a christian way of saying it i know right <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's how luke would put it um but really like career day came at you know and i like i didn't know what to pick and i did yeah. i always did well in science and math and i was like yeah. all right this is impressive i'm yeah. gonna tell everyone going to be a doctor that's cool and uh and it takes a lot more than just telling people you want to be a doctor
0: no, oh, it's more than just that. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> they don't just let you be a doctor. That's surprising. Yeah. I thought you just kind of waltz in, put on the white coat, and they're mm. like, "Where would you get that white coat?" Well, that's what I you think when you're eBay. in high school. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't actually go the route of, you know, becoming a doctor, right. but you ended up going into pharmaceuticals. Right. What does that mean? Were you a drug dealer? Were you in Colombia? Like, what was that all about?
1: So I started in research, like really research and um Oh my gosh, you're so much smarter than I first thought. Drug development. Um they underestimated your smartness. Like there's clinical trials and there's preclinical trials uh for testing drugs and getting yeah. them developed and getting them FDA approved and all that all that stuff. Yeah. And what, so that's, what's that process look like? It's insane. Is it? It was eye opening if Just to know how much is required by the FDA to get a drug on the market, yeah, like it's it's kind of it makes some it makes more sense to me why they're so expensive. Oh, okay. Drug companies will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, on studies. Wow, for drugs that won't ever even make it to market they'll make they'll make no money off of because yeah it's not effective or it's not safe or it's not what they had hoped it would do that sort of thing
0: so it's like they set out with like 10 different products as possibilities and maybe one will come
1: back that they actually get to move forward with and so i worked i used to work for a company that would do testing on them uh for safety and uh efficacy um for drugs that weren't even like they didn't have names yet because yeah. there was no marketing put into them yet it would was just they like,
0: say like hey today we're going to test <laughs>
1: well they were just like numbers and let, like formula okay like yeah that makes of, sense like just yeah that's a lot smarter than my idea random was id numbers ago. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: shows you what a caveman i am <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so were you
1: the one doing the tests or were they testing them on you? We were like the third party company that would do these independent tests. So okay. we weren't a drug company. And but you weren't we, a guinea pig. We were correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the guinea pig. <laughs> So did you guys actually, (laughs) I had to pay for that pre-med degree. Oh, there you go.
0: So did, when you did the testing and stuff, did you actually get to test on, like, did you actually have subjects that you were
1: testing on or was it more laboratory experiments and stuff with the, with the. It was laboratory based. Okay. Yeah. And so we would, um, we'd be that independent third party that wasn't, you know, swayed by the pharmaceutical company, but could still stand up to the FDA and say, this was our, these were our results. Yeah. Uh, OK, so
0: your daily stuff was just laboratory, just kind of working with the drugs themselves, seeing how, you know, was it just kind of basically finding out are they effective for what they're supposed to do and are there bad side effects? Is yeah. that basically what it's right. all about? And then you get right. that information back to the drug company or is that to the FDA?
1: Uh, to both. I yeah. mean, either way. It was, we'd send a copy to the FDA and to the manufacturer. Okay. And so how long were you in that job? Well, I was there for three or four years. Then I went to another uh, production company. Uh, Uh It was actually, it wasn't research-based, it was Mm production-based. It was a a company that produced chemotherapy drugs. Oh, wow. Like sterile injectables. Mm -hmm. So they were, we produced the little vials of chemotherapy drugs that had to be sterile. So it was sterile processing. Yeah. which was also heavily, heavily FDA regulated. One that it's one of the heaviest regulated industries there is. Because wow, when you take a when you take a medicine that goes directly in your bloodstream, mm-hmm. it it bypasses your immune system. It right. bypasses your stomach acids that can right. protect you from a lot of things. Yeah. So it's got to be sterile. It's got to be safe. It's got to be a hundred percent certain. Yeah. Wow.
0: That sounds intense.
1: Yeah, it was pretty intense. <clears throat> it was it was intense to the point that. Uh, we got shut down. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Wow. We were um, we were owned by this giant German pharmaceutical company, Schwarzenegger and, um, Incorporated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Austrian, so.
0: Yes. I just committed a bodybuilder faux pas. Ugh. Neil's yeah.
1: Neil's going to. Neil would have caught that. Neil is going to hate this that. episode. Yeah. Be
0: like, dude, <laughs> you really screwed up. Thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to give the podcast a terrible <laughs> rating on iTunes. <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah, so it was a big German company that, yeah, so they owned us and we got, we just got really far behind with FDA. Yeah. Like we had something like $900 million in renovations oh, wow. to, to, to get compliant Sheesh. and, um, they eventually just, it was a 1500 person company and they just axed the whole company and they said, we're, wow. we're just, we're going to take our, take our losses.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. And so then you just decided to
1: be a pastor at that point. <laughs> That's, I mean that that was, I, like I've shared this a couple times from the stage, but that was like the, that was what set in motion uh, all the, the the things that happened. Yeah, that got me here. Um, the day that, um, well, speaking of our ten year anniversary, um, shortly after our ten year anniversary is when that company <laughs> was shut down. Yeah, um, I wasn't I wasn't at work that day. Yeah, um, because. I was moving. Oh, okay. My wife and I, uh, had just signed the dotted line on our first house. Oh no. Because she was seven months pregnant with yeah. our first child. Yeah. And I'm in the, I'm literally in the U-Haul and my supervisor oh, yeah. calls and says, you don't have to come back anymore. Oh, <gasps> um, Oh, were you completely freaked out? Uh, I wasn't as much as I probably should have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it, how, how old were you? It was a bit surreal, um that was 2013 so um well you were married when you were 12 so 29 okay so yeah um i mean the timing yeah it it was unexpected yeah we knew there were going to be massive layoffs Mm -hmm. but we weren't expecting um papa germany to shut down everything yeah and lay off everybody and close completely close the doors yeah that's crazy um so that was uh, that was kind of what set into motion the whole series of events that got me here. Cause it, but even after that, it wasn't until two more years after that when I came on staff yeah. at Hope. And you were already attending Hope at that point. You I had we been for, yeah. what, three years. Um, when I got laid off, mm-hmm. um, just a couple years. Okay, yeah, we started in like 2011. Okay, um, in that area. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't join the staff till 2016. So yeah. it was a, a few years after that happened. So what happened
0: in those kind of in between years between kind of that layoff and then, you know, obviously obvi- the, there began some sort of trajectory at some point to land you here actually yeah. on staff.
1: So where I was at, I was really, I was happy. I, I love that job. I was doing well there and yeah, I, I could see myself retiring from there. Right. I'd pictured that. Wow. Um, but then when i was you know laid off and forced to find other work um i found i had contract jobs and i ended up finding another job in pharmaceuticals um it wasn't the same um like the 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 job satisfaction was gone for me um it just wasn't um it wasn't as high stakes anymore mm-hmm. it wasn't didn't feel what i was doing didn't feel as critical anymore yeah um so i i kind of just had gotten a little discontent and I was starting to look around, explore, like to consider like a a major change, like a job, uh, a career change, like do something completely different, something nonprofit or something Mm -hmm. just completely different than what I was doing. Something that was more, um, giving back more. Yeah. Uh, And and then it was around that time that Neil and Bob had taken over and, um, Mm -hmm. and they were looking to hire two positions at the time. So, yeah. It's crazy. And that's... Uh, and here you are. Here we are. So
0: you went from pre-med thinking maybe you're going to be a doctor of the body. But yes. now, years later, you're actually a doctor of the soul.
1: <laughs> I Yeah. That's why people call me Dr. Soul. I knew it. Yeah. I knew that's it. That, that's
0: where that comes from. I like that. That's great. Dude, that is so interesting and uh that's one of the things I was looking forward to uh, in this conversation is just getting to know you a little bit more, hearing your story a little bit more, your background and stuff because there's not a lot um you know that I at least I I know I mean I've known you less than a year. Yeah. Um but it feels it feels a lot like we've known each other for a lifetime in <laughs> other ways. You fit in really really well here, dude. I will <laughs> Thank you. It's been <laughs> seamless. Well, I I've, I've tried. <laughs> Thank you. Um yeah. Cool. Well, I I feel like we just kind of ventured into the podcast without actually welcoming our guests, so Mm. I feel like we should just go ahead and and welcome them, so let's Let's do do it. it. Hey, welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, Creative
1: Arts Pastor here at Hope Christian Church, and you are who? Who, I'm Mark Mattingly. I'm the adult pastor. I handle all things adult. All things adult? Mm, Not all things, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Tell us, tell us about like your role. What do you do around here? I think a lot of people are wondering where their tithe money is going.
1: Well, my original title when I was hired was pastor of adult discipleship and assimilation. Yes, and um, assimilation
0: just sounds so um, foreboding. I know it's and ominous. Knowing
1: Neil's distaste <laughs> for long words, I <laughs> <laughs> can't believe that was ever the, the, the role. Welcome to Hope Christian Church. Are you ready to be assimilated? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I kind of, if you look at my uh, my uh, name tag on my door, the title is actually still there, but uh, I, I kind of morphed it into adult pastor for simplicity's yeah. sake. You know, we yeah. have our student pastor, we have our family pastor, we mm-hmm. have adult pastor.
0: It really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just feels right. Yeah. It sits well with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you handle, obviously we talked about uh, Bible studies, um, adult ministries in general would that would be one of the things that falls under that what other
1: things kind of fall under the umbrella of your purview yeah adult ministries bible studies uh small groups which will be starting up again soon yeah um but also volunteers uh outreach those yep. kind of things it's cool um yeah and assimilation yeah so getting people connected so yeah like membership classes baptism classes those yeah. sort of things that's cool
0: and and so you're pretty
1: involved in each of those items so
0: you know, if someone signs up for a membership class, you're probably going to be there, or, mm-hmm. um, or baptism class, you're usually yeah. there. Yeah, and I'm, I'll follow cool. up with yeah
1: you know, and all that. So that's awesome. Yeah, if you have any questions, <laughs> feel oh, free to reach out to me. Yeah, um, that's
0: cool. Well, thanks again for being here. Um, and thank you for sharing about your background. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, is sitting on the edge of their seat, waiting for more waiting to know you even better but oh, i'll be here the next two weeks i think it's no, time here next week yeah you'll be here next week because you're uh preaching and this is yeah so uh let's go ahead and move into our favorite segment meet and greet oh should we call neil and see if he'll answer and do it for us <laughs> let's just call him he's on vacation so i don't know if he'll i don't know man after he probably he won't tried answer to,
1: after you tried that answering on air last time oh my gosh <laughs> all <laughs> right two we're times gonna go. yeah all right let's just see what happens all the listeners, there we are calling Neil. Jared We're calling has him right the phone now. To his ear, if you can't see the video, he's probably not going to answer. This makes for a riveting podcast. <laughs> well, you just never know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> it's still ring. He's not going to answer. Mm-hmm. I know it. <laughs> what if I call him and he picks up? <laughs> I would cry. Can we try that? <laughs>
1: No, I don't have his number. Uh, <laughs> I
0: would be so upset. <laughs> be like, what the heck? <laughs> All right. Well, imagine in your hearts the ba ba bop, bop. ba da ba Hey, there you go. If you do it better than Neil, people might start just wanting you on the podcast. Well, I was thinking since
1: Neil takes one note off, maybe I should take two notes off. You could. Ba-da-ba.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. It, it leaves desire. Yeah. Like, ah it's incomplete we need more and then
1: people (laughs) stick stick which describes my role as host (laughs) 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 leaves much to be desired (laughs) we're just waiting for neil to come back
0: oh my goodness so you were at the very beginning you started to say something about the the jingle yes and i was listening to another podcast what do you what you listen to other podcasts well i thought we're the podcast was i not supposed to
1: admit that I listened to this podcast. <laughs> Do you mind sharing the podcast? Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, one? I um I there's a comedian I like Nate Bargatze. Okay. And um he's got a podcast, uh, The Nate Land. Oh neat. Um something or other. That's cool. But uh, anyway, somehow that jingle came up on that podcast, and they were talking about the the history of it all. Uh, That's it's crazy. actually a song by Justin Timberlake. What? Did you know this? I had no idea. All right. So here's some history. It was commit, the, and we're talking about the McDonald's jingle, right? The McDonald's jingle. It's actually a full song. It's okay. like three and a half minutes. What? And it's a Justin Timberlake single. It's got like six or seven writers, including uh, Pharrell Williams. Really? And the Neptunes. Um, okay. Pusha T, the rapper, like is on is on the song. Yeah. And, and he's he's like, there's been like these dispute in the like i don't know in the public forum of of him claiming he actually helped with with the jingle part oh wow um justin timberlake was paid 6 million dollars okay by mcdonald's to perform the jingle uh huh um, and according to wikipedia he has since regretted that decision
0: of singing it or of accepting only 6 million dollars oh, of just the whole thing really so uh yeah
1: of yeah agreeing to do that i guess it didn't yeah. really go into detail why but yeah it's that's interesting it's i mean looking like,
0: back there's probably that's probably not his only regret but you know <laughs> it's okay
1: yeah definitely not that's crazy well now now we know and knowing is half well, the battle well and yeah and neil was right to censor it cuz there's very specific i p rights on this thing <laughs> people yeah, will, people will come after us. We post this on
0: Facebook, and all of a sudden one of the bots shows up is like, yeah, yeah. your your video's restricted. shutting like, this down. It's a podcast. We, okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea about that. That's insane. so, but yeah, the more you know, that's great. Yeah, the more you know, Thank you for sharing that. and um, I mean, that's really that's all we need to do this week, so I guess we're good with this this is that's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So it was your ten year anniversary. Yeah. Here's the meet and greet question for you. What is <laughs> the this is this is more generic? Maybe we'll do a, a more interesting one. I don't. Do you have one? Do you have a question? A question? A meet and greet question that you want to ask as well after this one? You don't have to. There's no
1: pressure. Oof, I'm just curious. I don't know, man. To, okay, I love don't worry.
0: Icebreakers. Shh, stop it. You don't have to worry about it. It's I'm the okay. king of icebreakers. Man. Are you really? Oh yeah. Small okay, groups,
1: small groups should always start with an icebreaker. Okay,
0: you just boasted about your ice breaking skills so you're gonna have to bring a real doozy after this one okay 10 years of marriage uh i don't know if you know this in september sarah and i celebrate our 10-year anniversary Mm. um so congratulations thank you um so i'm curious to hear from (laughs) you you planning to continue yeah i think so i think we're gonna you know re-up the subscription that's good yeah it'll be good um okay 10 years of marriage what is a valuable lesson that you have learned
1: 10 years of marriage. Um, well, in all honesty, you know, the first few years were hard. Yeah. It was, um, my wife and I are very different personality,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, personality-wise, and we really had to learn how to speak each other's language. Oh, interesting. And that is one thing, um, I that's my advice, I guess, Yeah. Uh, to any couple, is you need to not, you need to learn to communicate, but you need to do that by learning to speak how the other person speaks. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you mimic them and try to speak like them, but you understand how they communicate yeah. and what they're saying and what they're actually meaning when they say it. Mm. Um, because my wife and I, we just communicate things. We can communicate the same thing in very different ways. Yeah, And we're always communicating things. This is true for everybody. We're always communicating things without even realizing it. Mm. And that means our spouse or our significant other is hearing things whether we realize it or not mm-hmm. and uh, so kind of I guess communication which is the yeah. generic answer but
0: yeah but you're giving a
1: specific look into yeah, what you mean by a more communication. specific approach like you need it because and I guess this is after 10 years of it mm-hmm. it's not it hasn't changed yeah. the way Brandy speaks and communicates and the way I speak and communicate, Hasn't changed, mm. but the way we respond and hear each other has changed, and that's what's help us get help help us. That's what helps us get closer. Yeah, that's cool.
0: That's really good. So, what advice would you give to uh, someone who is new in marriage or someone who is engaged?
1: Like, how would you translate that lesson into advice? I would say, give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Um you did marry this person Mm -hmm. or you're in love with this person and they love you and they likely did not wake up that day trying to upset you or offend you. If you're at odds with each other or if, or if you have a breakdown in communication, they probably didn't wake up trying to get on your bad side or trying Mm -hmm. to annoy you or trying to offend you. And that goes back to just how we hear each other and how we communicate with each other. Give, give more grace, give the benefit of the doubt. Mm more often than not.
0: That's really good. Uh, do you have any advice to a couple that's maybe struggling with this area of, would it be the same advice? Hey, start giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, if you're walking through a tough time, um, cause I know there's, there's times and you've probably experienced this where you're just kind of, I think this comes down to that pride kind of wells up and you're just kind of like, I don't want to be the one that, that kind of yeah. goes to other, the other person and, and, I don't want to be the person who softens, if yeah. that makes any sense. Right. You know, I don't want to be the person who kind of lets my guard down and and is the first one to kind of yield um, yeah. because there's that pride. Um, yeah. So what would you say to someone who they're caught in that, that a bad pattern of communication, poor communication is leading to conflict, and um, there's there's so many different factors that can go into that. Um, maybe mm-hmm. it's the pride. Maybe it's just something else, and, and every marriage has its own struggles. Yeah. Um, But what would you say to someone who's, who knows that that's an issue, but is having trouble really applying it when they're in that
1: moment of anger, frustration? Hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like that advice, you know, take the high road, be the one to humble yourself. That's, that's the correct advice, Yeah, but it's hard to do. Right. It's, you can tell someone that, but going home and them actually doing it yourself, actually doing it is, is really hard. Yeah. Uh, my advice, Toward that would be to to talk to somebody else. Yeah. Guys, find another guy. Girls, yep. find another girl to talk to. Uh, when you're struggling in your relationship, mm-hmm. um, it gets very insular. It get, it gets very. Are you? <laughs> Are you double checking to make sure I'm you're double, recording dude? I know the history here. You know the history. Okay.
0: So I'm just double checking. <laughs> Our listeners know the history too. <laughs> there have been lost moments between, you know, at these microphones. I don't want to go through that heartbreak.
1: So you can double it check all you want. It is truly heartbreaking. Yeah. You Although go.
0: I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Lord saved us from, <laughs> saved me from sinning.
1: <laughs> so anyways, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's, that's my advice. Um, Talk to somebody else because when you are having those relationship battles, it feels very insular and it feels, uh, it can feel, it can even feel more explosive and deep and dark and bad than it really is. Um, Because um, a a, a good friend, a good close, close trusted friend can look at your relationship Mm. and see that you, like the two of you, still love each other. Yeah. Even though in the moment it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. And they can give you some kind of objective advice. Yeah, that's good. That they're they're seeing from the outside. Yeah, um, and it also um, usually um, you know uh, if you talk to somebody else, you can also get another uh, another personality coming coming yeah. approaching the the problem right um, and get their their buy into it. Yeah, that's and they good. say, "Well, man, man, my wife said this, and you know this is what she meant." And then yeah. you talk to somebody about it, like, "Well, you know, you could also take it this way. Yeah, she might have meant this really." um but I think that's been something um even the last couple of years, uh, my wife and I uh, as we grow closer we realize we need those relationships outside mm-hmm. um of our own relationship to help support us and love yeah. us and help us see things uh more clearly That's good
0: that's really good that's great advice too just you're gonna be feeling all kinds of things and probably not thinking super clearly when you're in that moment of,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, if you're in the middle of a conflict, if you're in the middle of frustration, if you're in the middle of anger, uh, towards, towards your spouse or whatever, but to kind of be able to step outside of the the situation, um, you'll be free of like all of those super, you know, passionate feelings of that moment and be able to think a little bit more clearly. And, um, and some of the, the best advice that I've ever received is, That you don't want to make decisions about how you're gonna handle that conflict from within the conflict. Like, step outside, and the time to talk about how you're gonna deal with that conflict is probably before the conflict blows up again. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if you're gonna discuss how, you, you know, a particular issue or something with your spouse, Go to them before you're having, before you're experiencing the issue again and, and have like a, a conversation when you both are like cool headed and, yeah. um, in, in, a better moment, uh, is, is some good advice that I've received and yeah, it's true. Um, so that's really good, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, now you said that you're the king of icebreakers. Um, <laughs> and so, um, I mean, if that's
1: true, we should probably find out what you got. So what do you oh, got? Oh man, I am on the spot here. I could have prepared uh, so many good ones. The king of icebreakers right. fears no spot. Uh, let's see. Fears what, no what, movie, no spot. what movie? What mm-hmm. movie would you want to forget? To Ooh, what able, movie would to, I want to forget to be able to to experience again?
0: Oh, to experience again? Oh goodness. Um, I would say Lord of the Rings. Um, but so this is difficult. So. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I love the Lord of the Rings as books, Um, but everything that I've heard. So my 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 experience of Lord of the Rings was movies first, then books. Mm, Yeah. Um, And so what I've heard from a lot of people is that the movies were good, but they were disappointing based upon you know the the original content that they remember being in the books yeah and that's that's generally how it goes right yeah you have you have a book but then they have to figure out a way of translating it effectively to the screen that means cutting out stuff i, I mean people go on and on about tom bombadil you know yeah um how he's not in fellowship um and then just some other things where they change some dialogue around or attribute lines to people that never said it or give lines right to, you know what i there's mean there's certain so, yeah there's certain story arcs that aren't yeah, aren't actually in the books, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, I, I mean, just for instance, today in one of the the Facebook groups, I'm in a, a Christian Lord of the Ring. That makes me sound like such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme group, okay? It's for it's for comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's for comedy on this show. It's for comedy on this <laughs> show, apparently. <laughs> um, and someone brought up the fact that in in the book, the Fellowship um they that it's actually Aragorn who is most weary about going through moria not gandalf mm-hmm. but in the movie it's gandalf yeah um and so that's a small change but it's a change and so if you're very married to the content of the book um versus the movie you're going to have some disappointments so I say all of that to say that I love the movies and I've loved being able to read the books afterwards without kind of those disappointments. Cause to me it's like finding out like, Oh, this is what actually, what it actually is, but I can still love the movie. Um, So I didn't go to the movie with all those expectations, but what I would love to be able to do is have all of my love for Lord of the Rings and go watch them again. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, That would be, that would be one. Another one, oh my goodness, uh Interstellar. Yeah. Uh absolutely. That's that's an easy one for me too. Um, I just recently experienced that one for the first time. For I, the first time? Yeah, we watched that about six months oh, ago. Oh my goodness. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I mean we you know, I mean we love Christopher Nolan. Oh, totally um and you're kind of a sciencey guy like so you you probably enjoy kind of yeah. the, the space and like all oh, yeah. that stuff that movie blew my mind
1: like yeah. time dilation mm-hmm. um you know it's theoretically uh, real that, like there's more to that movie that's oh it's i will say theorized by science right it's not fantasy like lord of the rings right well okay so the crazy thing is is they obviously
0: went into one of the one of the biggest features of that movie is the black hole mm-hmm. um and one of the the hardest most difficult parts of producing the movie was creating the black hole what what would a black hole actually look like cuz we've never actually seen a black hole we know mathematically what it does and what what we can approximate what it might look like but they created a program that took all of the information in and actually rendered an image of a black hole yeah so First of all, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it because it's amazing. Uh, It looks incredible. It's scary and freaky to see a black hole. But the part that's mind-blowing is after the fact going and reading the papers, going and reading more about these things and realizing, oh, this isn't just a sci-fi movie. Like This stuff is based in, obviously, some of it theoretical, but it's real. It's legit stuff. Um, But then a couple of years ago when they actually finally – we were able to capture an image of mm-hmm. a black hole, which was, I believe, it was Sagittarius in the center of the Milky Way. Was it that black hole, or was it a different black hole?
1: Mm-hmm. I want to say it was ours, but was it? it could I be don't wrong. remember them saying it was. It was ours, but I can't remember. I, I don't remember which one they said. It, it was, was a so. black hole, yeah. though, right? right.
0: And uh, the image that was produced was very close to what was in the movie. Yeah. Of scientifically this is what it would look like so that it's just a really right. cool confirmation of yeah. this movie isn't just you know throwing out like let's make it big and explosions and yeah. and cool looking for the sake of selling tickets it's yeah. very scientifically interesting the other thing that blew my mind is the time dilation i've never i didn't know about yeah. that obviously um you know you know some basic physics stuff like mc squared, blah, blah 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 um some stuff like that but then you know, this idea of relativity and how mm-hmm. gravity affects not just how light moves, but also time itself. Mm-hmm. And then reading that there, it's it's observable. Like, yeah. it's experienced between... Because it's, it's observable even now with the space station, with the International right. Space Station, right. that if there is a clock on the surface... If I have a clock right here next to me on the surface of the Earth and they have a clock up there, over time, there is an observable difference in how yeah. time changes and how time moves. It's, it's not much. It's like... You, oh, it's, it's teeny, teeny, tiny. It's over but the
1: course of like two years or something, but you can insane. see it. It's insane. Yeah. Like for, the, that, for, the,
0: for the space station. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so close. So that, that is a real thing blows my mind. Yeah. Insane. All of it is nuts. So anyways, Interstellar is not only a fantastic movie, a very interesting story that's fascinating. Yeah. And some of it is a little, you know, it's still a, a science fiction movie, but... Uh, overall it's just driven me into more of a love of space. And, um, the other thing that I love about that movie is that they do such a good job of recreate, like creating a sense of scale. Um, like the scene when they show up to Saturn and it's kind of like, there's, there's the sun, there's Saturn and there's a tiny little glint and that's their ship. Yeah. Like seeing it in the movie theater really was just like, oh my gosh. This is incredible, you know? Yeah. And I've had conversations, I think on the podcast, like during one of the early ones, me and Neil were talking about this and like, there's, I have a very real disappointment that I will never get to go in a spaceship and look out the window and see Saturn right there. Mm. But what's cool is I have a telescope and I can, I can aim it at Saturn and I can see Saturn. You can see the rings and it's like real. It's not just a picture. It's really there. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so insane.
1: (laughs) You need to start a Christian Lord of the Rings astronomy Facebook group. <laughs> Complete what? the trifecta. How do those connect? I don't, know. <laughs> I
0: don't know how Lord of the Rings and astronomy connect. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Oh, my goodness. How about you? What is a movie that if you could forget and go back and rewatch for the first time again, what would what would it be? Oh, I don't watch movies. I know you don't. You hate movies. Cinema is mm. just a sin to
1: you. I uh, put the sin in cinema. <laughs> oh, boy. That was clever. Um. I, probably actually probably another Christopher Nolan movie, uh The Dark Knight. Oh yeah, dude. Like I'm I've always been a Batman fan. Yeah. That's, he's been my superhero. Yeah. Um And then, you know, Batman Begins came out and it was good. Yeah. Um it wasn't like people were saying it was like perfect. I didn't ne- I never thought that. Mm. And then Dark Knight yeah. came out and I thought Dark Knight was pretty much perfect. Yeah. For what Batman should be. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's
0: a great movie. Yeah. Uh,
1: A great sequel. Um, I don't even think of it as a sequel. It is a sequel for sure. It is technically. I almost think of that as the movie and then Batman McGiz is the prequel. That's the prequel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises is the sequel. Yeah. (laughs)
0: There you go. Yeah. Dark Knight (laughs) is uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, Absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you. That was a great icebreaker question. Um, Can I ask a follow-up icebreaker question for for Meet and Greet? Uh, (laughs) And this is the question I thought you were initially asking me. (laughs) What is a movie that if you could forget, you would forget?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So many of them. Yeah.
0: Do you have like a most hated movie that you just
1: absolutely can't stand? Most hated movie? Now I have to dig through like repressed memories. (laughs) (laughs) We're really getting into your emotional life here. (laughs) It's hidden for a reason, Jared. (laughs) Don't make me dig Uh, this up. (laughs) Uncover the darkness, Mark. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. I'm really selective as to what... I don't don't watch a ton of movies, so I'm really selective as to what movies... So generally,
0: you're probably not going to watch you're you're not really going into many movies eyes closed like no you, you're, yeah. you're kind of ready you're not really going to spend time watching a movie like it's that a you lot of time to watch anything. a
1: movie so like i yeah i'm not gonna like oh this is on netflix let's try this right yeah um and that very rarely happens okay, um, okay.
0: that's fair i can share one right off the top of my go head go for it yeah I'll, th- so, I'll continue thinking about it so last week was fourth of july yeah and you know there's two directions you can go with that if you're going to watch a movie go the patriotic direction. You're like, well, let's watch The Patriot, which is a very not historically accurate movie, but still enjoyable, and it feels very American. Uh, Or you can just go and do independence day with aliens and stuff. And one of the greatest speeches in a movie ever given. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I don't know how highly rated that movie is. I love it for what it is. Like it's not, I don't think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, but I, I still think it's, it's a great movie just yeah. for movies' sake. But uh the president's speech at the very end uh that is that will go down as one of the greatest movie speeches I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. it's just so incredible yeah, um so we watched it, and it occurred to us, hey, the new there was a new independence day that came out uh in 2016 twenty years after the original one. Both of us have never seen it. uh ratings don't look too good, but what if we just watch it anyway? So we yeah. watch it. So the first half is like, huh, and then the second half is like, oh. Like it's like the closer you got to the end the more you understood why it got bad ratings. Yeah. Uh and then finally it ended and we were just like I wish we didn't spend time doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's like I it was almost like I had a better enjoyment of Independence Day as like a a, a story without that extra yeah. movie thrown in. So now I wish I could take it back. Um very rarely do I say that I'd rather just get rid of like the memories themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Usually it's just like, eh, at least we saw it right. and now we know, whatever. And I'm trying but, to become more like that, like just yeah. relaxed about things and just like, yeah, go yeah, watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's not that it's, enjoy it's it. tough sometimes. But yeah, I got to be in a particular mood to not care that a movie is stupid. Most of the time it's going to be common comedies that I'm OK with it being stupid because yeah. I, I, I get it. Like yeah. they're sometimes it's just meant to be stupid and that's right. what its purpose is. But, yeah, Independence Day, uh, I don't resurrection or no that's an alien movie i don't know what's the i don't resurgence i think yeah i think
1: there's a resurrection movie in like eight different franchises (laughs) i think that's true
0: alien (laughs) resurrection passion of the christ (laughs) independence day covenant (laughs) or something i don't know uh so anyways i hear and based off the ending of this second independence day it seems like they're trying to gear it towards a third movie and i really and i am praying against the powers of darkness I'm interceding Man, against that. <laughs> I talked about
1: the movie Twister on Sunday, and that's like that's Independence Day, the original. You know, oh yeah, era. for sure. It, it's yeah, like, oh totally, yeah. That's that era, yep. and
0: it's the same. Th- I would say it's kind of on the same level as yeah, where they're like Action. you can you can look at it and just be like it's Enjoyable. not one of the most yeah. amazing movies, but I like it. Sunday know? afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm maybe gonna doze during part of this. You know, it's it's just one of those where it's just yeah. I enjoy it, whatever. But you were about to say that. You're thinking of writing a sequel for t- Twister and trying to get get it made. <laughs> was I think there was a sequel for Twister, wasn't there? <laughs> no, there wasn't. Was it like straight to video or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane. Oh no, my gosh! I, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's crazy. Did you know Bill Paxton? Like I, I, he died, didn't he?
1: I don't know. I didn't hear that.
0: I thought he did. Isn't that crazy? He was in. He's a. He's one of my favorite actors. Speaking of Alien, he's an Alien. He's in Apollo 13. He's. Uh, Let's find out. Uh, did he? Yeah, he died in 2017. Isn't that crazy?
1: Oh, yeah, that's like five years ago. Yeah, huh?
0: It's nuts. So, anyways, well, that's meet and greet. I I feel like it was successful meet and greet. And your icebreaker was actually really good. So, yeah. thank you for be- being the the king of icebreakers mm. and descending from your icebreaker throne. To
1: I'm just pro icebreaker, your... man. I'm just preaching the good news. <laughs> Seriously, man. It's small Evangelizing groups, especially, the gospel of yeah, like icebreakers. You a lot of times learn more about people during that time oh, than yeah, any absolutely. other time. Yeah, there's definitely and a it gets skill people talking. to
0: coming up with good icebreakers. There are good icebreakers and there are bad icebreakers. Yeah. Uh yes and no questions are are those are bad icebreakers right off the bat. They yeah. have to be open ended, let people discuss, and it has to be somewhat there has to be controversy in there. Not yeah. like serious controversy, but like like I don't know. You're not gonna be like um who here is committed murder or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, all right. Well, we've uh got a question in relation to Summer Storms the new series. So before we do that, would you want to kind of talk through like the series? I mean, you you knocked it out of the park. Like I can't believe we're going to stretch it to 3 uh 3 episodes of Summer Storms with this first one was just epic. Um, yeah, you know, It feels like Interstellar. It feels like this is complete. This is beautiful. <laughs> um, but if they wanted to do a sequel, I'd be okay with it. You're like the Christopher Nolan of sermons. Whew. Wow, that's that's <laughs> quite the compliment. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the series, like kind of how it came about, and then, uh, yeah, kind of talk about the Sunday. How do you think it went? I'd love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: so this, the series is based off of the two events in Matthew, the two storms uh, in Matthew that Jesus kind of walks his disciples through. Uh, the, the, the first storm, um, this first storm actually being Jesus when he falls asleep in the boat and the storm happens around around them and the disciples freak out and wake him up. Yeah. Uh, that's actually the first one chronologically. Uh, the second one which we covered this past week and uh, the first week of the series is uh, when the disciples are sent out onto the, onto the Sea of Galilee. And then Jesus comes to them walking on the water, the miracle of the walking on the water. Mm. So the summer storms idea, the idea of the series is what is Jesus teaching us and, and the disciples through these storms? Like why include these storms? Why, you know, obviously there's miracles there, yeah. but uh, it's more than just Jesus performing a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically because, you know, this these were miracles that weren't to the general public. These mm. weren't general like the feeding of the five thousand, right? This was just for the disciples, mm. um, and in some ways, I think that that means there's maybe something. Well, I know there's something there that we can learn as disciples of Jesus today. What was He teaching them that we can apply that we can understand from that? Mm. Um, and and the idea is how do we approach storms? And and I've, I've drawn this parallel of storms in our life aren't real storms. It's not rain and thunder. It's stormy weather. Um, Trials in our life, yeah. Pain, suffering, mm-hmm. temptations,
0: yeah.
1: Um, because we know we experience those things. We we go through stormy weather. Um, so what can we take from what Jesus was teaching his disciples and apply it to our own life? Yeah. Uh, and this week was kind of the first week was kind of the approach. Like, how do we how do we approach storms? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wanted to encourage us to look at God's sovereignty and and be prepared. Peter tells us. You know, don't be surprised when yeah. these things come upon you. Um, the disciples were probably surprised; mm. <laughs> they weren't expecting to get into a boat and have to fight fight this storm all night long.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then um, that perspective of of God being sovereign over the storm. And the title was God of the Storm, mm. uh, is that He 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 will put us into storms to grow us, to yeah. mature us. Yeah. Uh, spiritual transformation will happen because of it. And we can either lean into it and grow mm-hmm. from it, or we can resist it. We can run away uh, like Jonah did. We can yeah. fight it and then just be all the worse off for it because we've been battered by a storm and we still haven't learned our lesson, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but we've also missed an opportunity of Jesus trying to grow us. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. It's really good. Um, and you hit on something that I thought was really, really important for this. And it seems to be almost like you are kind of uh, creating a foundation for understanding the storms of life before diving into them deeper in the rest of the series. That's mm-hmm. really what this one felt like. It's almost like a theology of God's sovereignty yeah. in the storms, which was really helpful. And I think you said something really, really important and it was key for all of us to hear you say was that we are often tempted to think of Jesus as only the God of the outcomes and not the God of the storm, or Lord Lord of the outcomes and not the Lord of... Um, was it Lord of Outcomes versus Lord of the Storm?
1: Lord, of, Yeah, Lord of Outcome and Lord of the Circumstance. Circumstance. And Circumstance kind yeah. of got conflated with Storm <clears throat> yeah. and the message. Yeah. For
0: sure. And I think you kind of touch on this and kind of push us to think that direction of understanding the implications of what that means if we really believe that about God. Yeah. If God is only the God of the outcomes, that means that ultimately there's someone else that's in control of the storm. And if God can't control the storm, that means there's someone stronger than God who's... God of that storm, you know? And so it's almost like you're, you're caught in this, um, almost like duality of, of, you know, this cosmic duality of like, well, if God's not in control, but he's able to put things back together, like he's, and you use the, the idea of a chess player. Mm -hmm. Um, we often think of, sometimes think of God as like, he's just screwing around, picking up the pieces and putting together something really interesting. Um, rather than being from the outset, having a plan, uh, being, being the master, uh, planner of of the things and knowing exactly what he's going to do with our lives. Um, do do you mind talking about that a little bit more? Like, um, yeah. how do we combat that kind of thinking?
1: Yeah, and we have a tendency not to want to think that way because we don't want to think God would put us into a storm because mm. some of our storms are hard mm-hmm. and heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we go through a miscarriage, yeah, and we don't want to we don't want to attribute that to God, right? Because we think if God put us in that storm, then He's responsible for it. yeah, And so that goes down the line of thinking, is God responsible for sin? Right. And I know you guys have touched on that and talked about that here a yeah. lot on the podcast, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But if we, as you guys have talked about in the past, if we can make that distinction and know God is not responsible for sin mm-hmm. um, and not responsible for the death in our lives, um, we can understand that the storm is still for us and God is still sovereign over it. Yeah. Um, and from that, we can still grow from it. We can still learn from it. We can still mature yeah. from it. But we resist that thinking because we don't want to put that yeah. on God. Yeah, uh, We want to think of God for all the good things in our life, mm-hmm. and as rightly we should. Um, but again, it, it goes back to if he's not completely sovereign, then that means there's something out of his control. Right? There's some other force or some other being or something out there that is working against him that he's not aware of yeah. and he can't control so that means eventually theoretically something could happen that God that takes God by surprise and he right. can't deal with.
0: Well that's the implication is that ultimately you can't have any security in the middle of the storm cuz you, you would have cause none cuz you never really know like well this might be the storm that God can't handle maybe this is the right. maybe this is this is the storm that completely destroys my life
1: and you know I'll be lost at sea. Right. Um so, that's. and that 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 also kind of sheds light onto the proper definition of Christian hope, because mm-hmm. hope is not um, hope is not what the world offers. It's not Christian hope is not worldly hope. Mm-hmm. Worldly hope is, man, I hope you know, I hope the Browns win the Super Bowl this year. It may <laughs> happen, it may not. Christian hope yeah. means we put our hope in Jesus Christ, knowing that He is the one that's sovereign. Yeah, and it's it's not like a a hope as in it may or may not happen. It's right. a hope as in I'm waiting for it to happen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and it's a
0: hope that look, looks back, not just forward. We look yeah. back on all that God has done um, through Christ on the cross um, and the resurrection. And if if that's possible, then anything I face in life is no problem for yeah. this for this kind of God. Um, that's really good. Cool. Well, we did get a question that I thought was really good, um, so I'll go ahead and read it. Um so this question comes from Mark Summer Storm Sermon um, during the part about perfecting versus correcting. I forgot I printed this and it like all screwed up, so I'm gonna read it off my phone. Um, let me pull this up. I should have done this while you're talking. Sorry, podcast listeners. Here we go. Okay, during Mark's sermon, he talked about perfecting versus correcting storms. I readily speak with, or I regularly speak with people. Uh, they're going through a season of one or the other and sometimes come across someone, for example, who thinks they might be going through a season of perfecting, but really it is a season of correction. How can we help them overcome this and get them into the right mindset? That's interesting.
1: So yeah, this is a great question. I'm glad it was submitted. Um, Kind of the first half of of my message did focus on God's sovereignty and being God of the storm. And then the second half I talked about storms that perfect us and then storms that correct us. Because we see those in Scripture, we see those situations, these circumstances, which God is Lord of, yeah. uh, that He uses to perfect and correct us. Yeah. Um, and so the question then becomes: How do we discern that? Right. Am I being perfected, or am I being corrected? Right. Now, in the in the case of the storm in our story of the disciples, um, there really was no indication that they did anything wrong. Like they mm. they weren't being Punished, so to speak. Or like disciplined or, or disciplined. Or yeah. A. Um, but we we actually are told that uh they were put into that storm because they didn't learn their lesson from the feeding of the five thousand, which is mm. interesting. I didn't get into that on Sunday. But Mark tells us that in his parallel account, there's a comment there that um Jesus walked on water and did what he did because they didn't understand the loaves. Yeah. And that's a whole another story, but anyway, they didn't. There's nothing that that like they did anything wrong. Um, whereas if you look at the case of Jonah, uh, he clearly did something wrong. Hmm. God said go this way, he went the other way, yeah. and he you know got put in a whale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never a good circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> but in that case, it's very obvious. Right. You know, we're told um, what what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um I also mentioned Job uh, yeah. in in the sermon because uh Job obviously experienced a storm. Yeah. And that uh, kind of plays into this question like what was that was that a storm that perfected or a storm that mm. corrected? And um we know from the beginning of Job that Job was selected because God called him a righteous man. Yeah. And so from on the front end there's no there's no sin he wasn't perfect but there's no like, you know he's not being held accountable for something right and we we go through he goes through his calamity he goes through his storm mm-hmm. and then we have chapter upon chapter of this poetry yeah. of him and his three friends sitting and trying to work through it all yeah and his three friends and then job eventually as well, they're basically telling him, You've done something wrong. Mm. This is a storm to correct. Yeah. Um, you've clearly sinned and God is punishing you. He's smiting you. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the book of Job is that line of thinking is wrong. Yeah. Because we, we he goes through three rounds and Job keeps saying all the way through the book, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm I'm righteous. I didn't, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't a storm to correct. Yeah. And then um, it gets to the very end, and God is like, "Look, like you can't put me in a box. You can't just think that this happened because you know a plus b equals c. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I I touched on this a little bit on Sunday. It's 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 karma because mm-hmm. the Job's friends were preaching him karma. Right. You did something bad. B- bad's coming back to you. Yeah. And karma is not biblical. No. Um, God, and that's what God says really at the end of Job, it's called retribution theology. Mm. Uh, Retribution is just payback. So you get payback for what you did. Mm -hmm. So the question is, was Job going through a storm that perfected or a storm that corrected? Mm -hmm. Well, he started in a storm that perfected, um, and then because he failed the storm, he ended in a storm that corrected, and he ended up in both. Mm. So... We have this this tendency to be like Job's friends and look into other storms yeah. and want to judge them and determine <laughs> what they are. And yeah. It's not always cut and dry. Yeah. Um, because karma's not a real thing. Yeah. God says I'm bigger than karma. You right. don't understand my ways. My ways are higher than yours. Where were you when I formed right. the universe? Yeah. You know, where were you? Yeah. Like what do you know? right um so it's kind of a long setup but to (laughs) address this this question uh when we're looking into other people's storms we need to first remember that they're in a storm Mm -hmm. and and when you're in the middle of the storm that's when you see things the least clear and this person could be experiencing that yeah something maybe they are in a storm that god is trying to get their attention to bring them back into the fold or to um you know encourage them to repent yeah um or maybe that's just our perspective of it uh it's hard to it's hard to say and you know the the um caller do we call them callers no. <laughs> this question like we don't have I any. would
0: love it if we could take live calls like and from Nashville it's Bob we tried to
1: take a live call earlier but neil's not answering that's right he wouldn't answer so yeah. our our listeners i guess so first of all remember that they're in a storm and they're not seeing things clearly and and they're not necessarily looking for a person to come mm-hmm. judging yeah and ultimately, it's not up to us to judge. It's up right. to the Word of God to judge. That's good. So if you think they're in a storm of correction and they're... Uh, well, first of all, it's good that they think they're in a storm of perfection. Mm. Because anytime a storm comes up, our, our... Our first instinct, and I said, I referred to this on Sunday, like our first instinct is how how can I grow from this? Yeah. How can I get on the other side of this and mm. be more in the image of Christ than I was when I started? Yeah. And that's true of a storm that perfects or a storm that corrects. Yeah, So it's always, we are always to be repenting. Yeah, As Christians, a daily basis we're to be repenting and turning back toward Jesus, and whatever storm we come into, we can come, come with that approach. And it could be, you know, it could be like Job, where.
0: <laughs> Is this Neil?
1: Ah, uh, speak. Can we answer him? Of the co-host. Let's just do it. All right.
0: Hey, what's up, buddy? Sorry, I was at the um, pool. Oh, okay. Well, we were recording the podcast, and we're still recording right now, and <laughs> we wanted you to do the bada bap ba for us.
1: All over the phone, I can do that. Yeah,
0: do it. <laughs> Just, oh wow, let me, let me roll my windows. Okay. <laughs> for, um... so, so nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> uh, well, for several reasons. A, audio quality, first and foremost. Uh, second second reason, yeah. Uh, that way people don't think I'm crazy. So I'm
1: at a stoplight, I'm just going, bah, dah, bah, bah. that's probably
0: more that common you than anything. It might be. Yeah. There's some yeah. weird stuff that happens at stoplights. Yeah. I've never podcasted in swim trunks before. This is good. It's got to feel like especially vulnerable, doesn't it? I feel vulnerable and cold. Do you Uh, want to, should we FaceTime so uh, you can feel even more vulnerable? I I'm just, I'm level, just joking. My, my <laughs> hair is unbelievably curly right now. I look like uh, ninety or early two thousand uh, Justin Timberlake. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh <laughs> what did you just say, Justin Timberlake? Wow, dude, that it, is so ironic. Because circle. Mark shared earlier in this episode that the "Bada Bop Bop" song is actually sung by Justin Timberlake. Is it really? Yes. Yes. I, I didn't want to tell you guys, but we're pretty tight. <laughs> i knew it so, <laughs> i knew it all right well you tell me you tell me when to do it oh no, dude you're you're uh, you're literally i'm holding the phone up to my <laughs> microphone we're recording you as you as you speak so this it, is fantastic yeah so say hi to everyone like everyone hi everybody uh as you can see vacation's going well I'm getting the break i need from uh, from the <laughs> so, yeah i've been texting with bob all morning so it's so go out. This is good. Well, uh, so is meet and greet done? You're just going to splice this in? Oh yeah, we're way past it. We're like at the tail end. Okay. We're yeah. we're discussing really well, deep, kinda, important things. I guess I already did the butt up, pop but, but I can do it again if I need to. I don't know. Do you want to do I mean? it again? You don't have to. No, I feel I feel great. Okay. I feel good about it. Okay. So good. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Well, you guys keep solving world problems. I'm going to go back to uh, a, a, you know drying off and whatnot.
0: All right. Good luck
1: all right see you man see ya.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that was fantastic well he somehow still showed up so I he, think he, week, he just can't stay away from the podcast
1: i know next week we're just gonna put your phone there and then just like put a mic right on we should phone. <laughs> that's right. just, just put, put it, it right, right down <laughs> oh my that's gosh our, that's our first live caller isn't oh, it oh it is i said live caller oh my gosh and it happened Look, and it happened
0: this is how we solve the storms uh, of life: is you have to you have to speak it into existence. Name it and claim it. Yeah, that's right. So I'm sorry, Neil interrupted you. Um, how dare he? Yes. So yes. Anyways. it's
1: okay. We'll cut all of that out. Make it more sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we'll keep it. Forever. Just kidding, Neil. Yeah. Um so anyway, when you're looking at other people in their storms, that's yeah. a good thing to want to enter into. Yeah, totally. And do it with grace, and that's we'll talk about that a little bit in the next couple of weeks in the in the series. Um because if you're not in a storm, that's a perfect time for you to find somebody in a storm and help them. Mm. Um that's part of how God has structured it for us to get through storms is to be in community. Yeah. Um but the fact that that person, it seems like the person they're talking about here, knows that they're in a storm, that's a good thing. And if they're viewing it at least as a storm to perfect them, then they might have the a good perspective about it. Mm. Um, if um, What what it sounds like here is it says he believes it to be a storm of correction, meaning he's identified a sin in that person's life. Yeah, um, And whether, again, we don't want to make the mistake... Job's friends make that we want to attribute this. Yeah. This is because of this. Right? It's not A plus B equals C. We want to be careful not to say you're doing this, so yeah. God is doing this. Yeah. Um. But. If, if you see that it's, it's Galatians six, mm. it's gentle restoration. Yeah. That should be the goal. Mm-hmm. If that resolves the storm, then that's in God's providence. Yeah. If it doesn't, that's in God's providence. Right. Yeah. Um, so th- it, the storm is almost, it doesn't almost matter. Yeah. Cause the, the process is the same. Anytime you find somebody in sin, we're called to, to restore them gently.
0: Yeah.
1: And so how do we do that? Mm. We do that, uh, with scripture. Yeah. We we let scripture do the talking. Yeah, that's good. And um most of the time I, I find it best to to literally let scripture do the talking and take scripture to them. It's really good. Um regarding um regarding whatever whatever you perceive. That's excellent. Assuring, of course, that you know, yeah. the log is out of your own eye before. Right.
0: That's really good that you say it that way, um, because I think oftentimes we get in this mindset of, I'm going to go to them over this issue, and I need to have scriptural support. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is like it's not your argument that they need to hear. They need right. to hear from Scripture. That's right. what they need to hear. So it's really not up to you at all to support anything. You just need to let Scripture speak, and it's up to them to respond. Right. Um, that's really good. So you were talking about this... this Kind of the reality of like walking with one another, and we're all, we're all walking through different you know seasons of life. Some of us are walking through a storm, some of us not at all. Some of us are in a in, in between time where, you know, there's a storm behind us, and maybe there's a storm a brewing, but we're kind of in the in the gentle weather, yeah, um, you know, as it were. And so, um, and we're trying to look into other people's life, and there is that temptation to kind of trying to discern for them what the Lord is trying to to do in that storm. It really reminded me as you were speaking uh, about John nine, where Jesus and the disciples come across the blind dude and the disciples are like, well, is it, you know, so Lord, is it his sin that caused him to be blind or is it his parents sin? And Jesus is like, no, nah, it's not sin. It's so that the power of God can be displayed in him and right. then he heals him. And it's so ultimately, you know, his blindness, that, that, um, that, that storm in his life, um, to, to some degree was ultimately for the glory of God. And and certainly it's unique circumstance where Jesus is again, affirming his deity, showing his power, showing that he's God. Um, you know, so, but all that's to say is that, that God has purposes in the storms that sometimes don't have to do with our sin. And it's usually not up for us to decide for someone else, you know, what that storm is for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but yeah I, I thought that was that was really good the way you worded that and that's strong so it's good man do you have any other thoughts on this question
1: or on the topic itself that you want to share um uh maybe a couple things now uh, i i wanted to one thing i left out that i didn't have time to get into too much was that uh, i love context yeah <laughs> and i gave a lot of context with how this storm story related to the feeding of the 5000 yeah um, but if you look back even further, mm-hmm. there's more context to the story. And that context is that Jesus uh, had just found out the news that John the Baptist was beheaded. Mm. So earlier in chapter 14, which is where we were in Matthew, um, we're, we told that Jesus gets the news that John the Baptist is beheaded. Right. And then he goes off and um, goes up to the mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, And that context is when he feeds the 5,000. He's kind of, um, he sees a crowd gathering when he, while he's praying and then goes down and, and speaks to this crowd and then feeds them. Yeah. And so I, I picture, I don't know. We don't know to what degree he was distressed by this news, but you got to imagine this was, I mean, we saw how Jesus reacted to death. We saw how he reacted to the death of Lazarus. Yeah. And just that immediate need to withdraw and go right into prayer and to be with the father. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, he's giving us how he's giving us the immediate proper response to a storm mm. uh, is to take it to the Lord in prayer, yeah, uh, is to go That's up good. on the mountain by yourself. Yeah. Um, but even in that, he is still serving people, yeah, he's still going down and feeding the 5,000. And then mm. immediately, the word immediately, which I unpacked on Sunday, then immediately he made the disciples get into the boat, yeah, and he's still in his own storm, probably, yeah. Um, but he's still teaching and serving mm. and looking out for the good of his disciples. Yeah, uh, I just I thought that was a really powerful thing. Yeah. Um, because we don't always go to prayer mm-hmm. first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, or at least we don't go to it the, to the degree that Jesus Jesus showed us by example. Yeah. Go up to the mountain to pray. Yeah,
0: that's really good. That's really fascinating it's almost like Jesus is in his storm and then he brings the disciples along and like, here's your storm. <laughs> right. You guys are going to learn this lesson with me kind <laughs> exactly. of thing. Um, that's really fascinating. Really interesting. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for everything you've done to put together this, the series. And I'm really looking forward to the next couple weeks. Um, so you'll be up this Sunday and then Bob will be up the week after, uh, to finish yeah. off the series. He'll be
1: closing it off. Yeah.
0: Great. Awesome. Well, great job. And, and thank you again. This was awesome. So, um, man, that, great conversation. Um, you know, a little bit different flavor, but it's just, it's amazing that, you know, you show up and it's still just a a top-tier podcast. Um, I I really am Well, we've made history, our first live caller. That's right. (laughs) Man, this is good. So thank you so much for being here. Do you have any closing thoughts for us today? We've talked about so many things. Um, The one thing that I think is really important for everyone to unknow, speaking of um, science and space... Is that today, which our listeners will be hearing this a week later, but today is Tuesday. What's today's date? The 9th? The 10th? The 12th? The I don't 12th. know. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's what I said, the 12th. <laughs> <laughs> so today is July 12th, Tuesday. And uh, they just revealed the first images from the James Webb Telescope, mm-hmm. uh, which are absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're now able to see further into space than we've ever seen before, seeing um, clarity and being able to observe um, new things. Like they were just on the live stream I was watching today, they um, were talking about an exoplanet that they were observing, and they can't directly observe it because it's still too far away and too small. But what they can do is observe the transit of the exoplanet in front of the star mm-hmm. that it's orbiting. And the way that the star's light goes, it, it, Is transmitted through the atmosphere of the exoplanet they can determine the contents of that planet's atmosphere based on how that light shines through when it transits the star and so they're talking about this star is closer than uh, mercury is to the sun around its star it orbits its star every three days so depending on the size of the star, it could be moving quite quickly around it. Mm -hmm. It's about the size of Jupiter with half the mass. So it's, it's a very gaseous, uh, planet. But what they've discovered is that the atmosphere, uh, is, has water vapor in it, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, again, it's like a super, super hot planet. So it's not like we could show up and be like, sweet, we can live here or anything like that. But it's just fascinating to be able to learn new things. Um, and, uh, Yeah, it's just exciting that even though, you know, as a Christian, um, I I see a lot of that stuff. And I know so many of those scientists uh, shared the worldview that we have of the world and and of the universe and of God as its creator. But there's others that don't. And they have a different worldview and they don't uh, attribute glory to God when they see these things. Uh, Even so, um, now we've been gifted these images that are so powerful and so beautiful and show how vast the universe is and how glorious God is. And um, so I just, I am kind of celebrating that today and just thinking a lot about that. And I encourage our listeners to go out and go online, look at those pictures. I mean, it's crazy because once you look, (laughs) you know, once you're looking at a certain distance, like uh, you're not looking at stars anymore. You're looking at individual galaxies. Yeah. And so if you just sit and think about that for like 2 seconds, your ears will start bleeding because yeah. it's just it's unfathomable. Yeah. One of the things that's difficult is that because of how light works we can't see them with our naked eye they have to be enhanced and that's why we put a telescope out in space not behind our atmosphere but out in space far away always facing away from the sun it has to be cooled to, to a certain temperature to work properly all this stuff but you see these pictures and and again this goes back to what i learned from interstellar with the gravitational lensing that you see um that when there's massive gravity involved light literally bends because of mm-hmm. gravity and stuff and so seeing these these images of uh like thousands tens of thousands of points of light all of which are galaxies and then you see they almost look smeared uh at an angle because they're being they're being yeah you know the the light is being bent by the gravity of other galaxies and it's just incredible so uh i don't know if any of you guys are sciencey like that or or enjoy that sort of thing um i have these conversations with sarah and she's just kind of like yeah that's cool like dude <laughs> care <laughs> so i don't know if any of you out there care but if you do uh it is a fascinating day for space so i encourage you guys to go out and uh well i mean like we said it's a week later so maybe you guys yeah. have already seen it i'm sure the the pictures will be everywhere but if you haven't looked go to the to the nasa website download the full resolution images and just zoom in yeah it's amazing so anyways all right dude well thank you so much for being on the podcast this was episode 22
1: yeah yes 22
0: it's amazing
1: yeah that's so
0: cool feeling 22 is that a thing that's a taylor swift song oh (laughs) okay I'm I'm a man of many flavors. I like space, but somehow I still have information related to Taylor Swift. so you're a that. Renaissance man. yeah that's that's what it is. <laughs> anyways all right well thanks for being here. Thanks to our listeners. If you have questions for the podcast, you can submit them to uh, podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text them to 440
1: 440- Hope. Hope. Oh, okay
0: there you go. So <laughs> we're gonna know. try that again. You can text them to (laughs) 440-HOPE-222. That
1: was
0: good. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.